Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Is your main event, Mark's bonus podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling, and the Scott Steiner to my buff bagwell. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? I'll make him bleed. <laughs> Good lord. You're like, he's fat. Who's fat? I him. <laughs> oh man, uh, you gonna gonna cross your eyes and dot your T's? <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was surprised how team he was at the whole thing. Yeah, I know, right? When well, and he said the thing everybody was thinking. He was like, uh, "Give me a live mic, huh? That could go really good or really bad." <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, personally, I think he just kept it clean for his nephew. Yeah, so. I mean, he's not a for as much as like he's a, a meme and everything now and he's known for old oh, as a crazy Scott Steiner everything I heard from like fans and everything they say he's a super cool dude and uh, I mean Jim Cornette was talking about it. he's like you know he's a college graduate he's very intelligent he's not like some uh, freaking idiot like people seem yeah. to think he is I said the same thing people said the same thing about Richard Sherman you know the the cornerback who was on the uh, Seahawks and the Niners Oh, yeah. You, know, you remember that famous thing where he went off on Aaron Andrews about Crabtree? Hey, don't you ever talk about me? Like, you guys know that like, this guy's uh, it's like literally a genius. You know, he graduated from Stanford with honors. It's like, wow. it could just be an act, folks. Let's just remember that. <laughs> yeah. And Stanford doesn't exactly just hand out diplomas, you <laughs> yeah, know, right. like whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good so, grief. Sometimes don't just, don't just go off what you see on TV or YouTube or whatever. You know? Yeah, right. I mean, Rick Steiner. If you watch Rick Steiner back in like the late 80s and, and early 90s, you're like, man, this dude's a freaking goofball. But in real life, like now he seems more tame, but like he's a highly intelligent dude, too. And, uh, I think he's he was a teacher for a while and does real estate and all that stuff. So, I mean, he's the Steiners are intelligent guys. Well, uh, Scotty's looking freaking old, though, man. Like when he came out for the oh, Hall Rick, of Fame. I'm, Rick looks like he hasn't aged very, li- like very little, if at all. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it looked like he aged a little bit since WCW obviously dropped some, you know, muscle mass or whatever, but uh, he looks he looks freaking good for his age. That looks like uh, so different, but yeah. <laughs> Especially think about the people who haven't seen him since WCW, or uh, well, probably since his run in WWE. Probably like, man. <laughs> but anyway, today we are Oh yeah, we're doing a show. To, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> the sidebar, but... Anyway, today we are talking about WCW in the year 2000, the spring of 2000, actually. Yeah. As uh, Tony Schiavone calls it, a uh, coffin on roller skates. 
This is just, worse than uh, WWE 1995, I think. Oh, yeah, because that was just kind of boring. This is, like, awful. Like, WWE in 1995 uh, actually had some, some shining lights to it. Not many, but, you know, you could find a few. Diesel. This. I, I love Diesel. I don't care what anyone says. That was a fun run. Bret Hart did some, I mean, he wasn't always given the greatest dance partners in 95, but, you know, when he was, he made some good, you know, he made magic. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor Ramon. I mean, you know, there was some good stuff in there. And, you know, then we go to WCW in 2000. This is five years. Well, not quite five years since the creation of uh, Nitro, because that comes around the summer of 95, doesn't it? Uh, September 95. So, yeah, Labor okay. Day. I think Labor Day is oh. first. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, Fall Brawl was the first pay per view after, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, this it's about four and a half years, give or take, since the creation of Nitro. And this company's just tanking, man. <laughs> it's, uh, we need help, bro. Yeah. This They had, and, and just to. To put things in perspective here, a good companion piece to this, if anybody goes back and listens to our other bonus show, I can't remember when we did it. I think it might have been uh, late last year. Was it December or November? One of them. Uh, the Vince Russo episode. Uh, it's titled Vince Russo runs WCW dot 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 into the ground. And no, he didn't, bro. No, I was other things. He'll tell you. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, so that episode, we cover Russo's run from when he shows up at the end of October of 99 until when he's gone. Gone forever, bro. Uh, unfortunately not. But when he's gone, gone at the end. Minute, bro. Yeah, at the end of January. And then we kind of wrap it up from there. And then he's gone from the end of January until now. This is the show when he, he comes back. And keep in mind, until the show, he'd never actually been seen on camera. Like, you can see his arms. Yeah, you can see his arms, his back, whatever, sitting in a chair. But you don't see his face. Uh, he's not actually called Vince Russo. He's the powers that be. It's stupid. It, if anybody wants to know more, go listen to the Vince Russo episode. It's Because we all know but... you want more of that. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you joke. It's one of our most listened to episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thank you all, I guess. Yeah, I guess you really do enjoy crap. So, oh, right. It helps. Hey, we have fun with it. And sometimes, you know, you and I like uh, covering good shows sometimes, obviously, you know, for our own sanity. But those ones, it's like, yeah, this was really good. I like that. This happened. All right. Stuff like this, we can make fun of. And we got, I feel like we got more material to work with here. So, but either way, uh, we do have a lot of news and notes to cover. But before we do that. Time out here real quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks, all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks, all one word to get 15% off your order at checkout. Now we're going to take our first break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to dive into the news and notes from April, early April of 2000, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Real quick, we want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Shock Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. 
It is news and notes time here. First of all, WrestleMania 2000, a.k.a. WrestleMania 16, is in the books, and Uncle Dave Meltzer says that it wasn't even as good as an average episode of Raw. However, it's going to end up being the biggest money-drawing event in the history of pro wrestling. Vince McMahon turned heel to allow Triple H to retain the title in the main event. The WWF added an extra hour, plus the live heat pre-show. This means that the whole event was more than four hours, which is just too long for a crowd to sit in an arena and still be energetic, according to Uncle Dave. Just wait for 19 more years. WrestleMania 35 was, what, seven, eight hours, something like that? Yeah, I was there. So let's see. We got there at right, yeah. four o'clock. We didn't get out the 12. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Terry versus the cat was literally the only singles match on the entire card. And it was a horrible embarrassment of a match. It just, it was an Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I expected that match to be amazing. Yeah. Well, of, of course, yeah. nobody expected it to be well or to be good. But yikes. Uh, the crowd was dead for most of the show, which also didn't help. The live gate of over $1.3 million was the fourth highest grossing in American history. They also set an all-time merchandise record, and it's surely to be an all-timer when the buy rate comes in. Yeah, so I didn't like WrestleMania 16 at all, but it was still a success. So I, I don't, you don't have to like it. It still made a ton of money. And I'm thinking like those Twilight movies, but they sell a billion, so... Yeah. Well, what do you know, Uncle Douche? Dave, I mean, sorry. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think those, uh, what are the Fifty Shades movies? I Like, I guarantee those are not good movies. Like, like any objective standard. But I guarantee they made a lot of money. So, same, same as your point with the Twilight things. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this is, um, I don't know. What, what do you remember about WrestleMania 2000? I mean, anything good on your yeah, end? Yeah, the ladder match. Yes, the ladder match was really good. The triple threat with uh, Jericho and Ben Juan Angle was pretty good. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. That one gets forgotten because of, I think, the ladder match was so popular. That's Rose like, gets a yeah. sink base. That's kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, that main event, though, was uh, fatal, or four-way elimination, right? The yeah. Big Show, Mick Foley, Rock, and Triple H. I'm like, man, in every corner. Yeah. That was intriguing. It wasn't that bad. He's overdoing it. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Big Show the first out? Or he no? was. Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. And then, and then Foley, and Foley, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, Triple H ends up getting the title in the end. So, there you go. First heel uh, we wrestled with the title. Wow. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Because it would have happened at WrestleMania 9, but then, you know, you have the swerve, bro, at the end with the impromptu Hulk Hogan uh, sighting. But, yeah. Which, by the way, I have that Mattel figure of him in that WrestleMania 9 outfit. I have the ultimate of that. Nice. Yeah, it's a sweet fig. Uh, the odds of the I'll XFL... I'll talk to somebody for 500 bucks because it's no longer made. Let's talk. Wow. At Main Event <laughs> Collector. Instagram. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, hit him up now. Uh, give him a nice little nest egg. It is anyway. the one with the belt already on, by the way, if that matters to anybody, because they did a running change with the belts. The weight belt's not on them. Some people don't like it because it looks weird. But huh. either way, whatever. Yeah. Well, hey, they don't make it anymore. So hit him up. 
The odds of the XFL succeeding got a major boost with the announcement that NBC will become a 50% owner in the league and will broadcast games every Saturday night. WWF and NBC will split the startup costs. Also, NBC purchased 2.3 million shares of WWF stock, meaning that NBC owns about 3% of the total stock. The public owns another 17%, and Vince McMahon himself owns the other 80%. Uh, that's a stock, or excuse me, that's a shock because NBC has been discussing a similar deal with Time Warner last year, but NBC backed out because they didn't feel that it was financially possible. NBC sports head Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon have been friends since the 80s, so that may have played a part in it. The games will air on Saturday. Well, well, first of all, before, before I get into the second part of that, uh, yeah, didn't they aired all the XFL games on NBC owned stations, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think UPN. I don't know if that was NBC or not, but yeah, I was on there too. Yeah, I know UPN carried some games, and then uh, uh, I, I think they were trying to use the the XFL and the WWF to actually boost ratings for uh, the UPN because they never really drew any ratings. And you jump ahead all these years later. If anybody doesn't know, there used to be the WB station and the U, UPN station, and then they merged to make... Uh, what is now the CW, and I have heard, oddly enough, that station has never made money. They've never turned a profit on that station. I don't think I put that station on my TV since SmackDown left it. I'm not even joking. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the only thing I watched on there was, uh, well, they got the Flash. That's popular, uh, but I never really got into that one. My, I liked uh, Supernatural was on there, and I was a big my fan of that. Apparently, he's going to be the new actual Flash in DCU, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. If they if things keep going the way they are, but uh, yeah. And anyway, uh, as far as the games airing, though, they will uh, air on Saturday nights, which are traditionally the lowest-rated night of TV during the week. But NBC is confident that McMahon knows how to attract viewers in the age group that they're looking to target, noting that Raw does three times better than Monday Night Football with viewers in the 12 to 24 age group. Plus, The Rock giving Saturday Night Live its biggest ratings in over a year helped convince them that Vince has the Midas touch. And 2000... Yeah, right. Either way, uh, as far as the XFL, we're in the... We're about to be in the third iteration of this thing coming up. Yep. Last I heard, though, The Rock released uh, what was supposed to be the new logo, the third freaking logo for this thing. And um, Megan Rapinoe and... uh, whoever with her company there are uh, sending a cease and desist because the logo of their company looks very similar. So I don't know how that's going to play out. (sighs) It's always something with the XFL, man. They need to just like, I don't know why people hold on to those initials. It's like maybe start up a new one because that just seems to be snake bit. Uh, Getting back into the the wrestling here, but talking about outside of it. Uh, Kurt Angle was interviewed recently and praised MMA, calling it one of his favorite sports and saying that he would like to wrestle against guys like uh, Mark Kerr and Mark Coleman. He particularly praised Kerr's amateur wrestling. Angle and Kerr faced each other in the 1995 Olympic trials, and he said that if Kerr had more of a work ethic, Kerr would probably have beaten him. <laughs> wow, that's kind of a it's kind of a backhanded compliment. Like He's a really great wrestler. If only he worked harder. <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, He's being honest, probably. I know Mark Coleman. Uh, Was Mark Kerr, like, a big name in UFC? Not to my knowledge. Never heard of him before. Okay. Yeah, so. And uh, you 
did you start getting into the UFC in what, 01, 02? 02, I think. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't quite a huge fan of it yet. Uh, here we go. We're going to do it early here. <clears throat> oh, good uh, God. That's a great lead in. Well, I've only got two of these stories, but uh, oh, let's get hang on. I got, I got, hold on. Hold on. I got to prepare. No, roll tide. Anyway, all right. This week in ECW. Oh, good Lord. At an ECW house show in Norfolk, Virginia, after the show was over, the Sandman brought a few young ladies into the ring, and it got oh. pretty R-rated. Oh, my God. I can already see where this is going. <laughs> For starters, they look I'm sorry. Young. You said Sandman and young ladies. You can only go worse from here. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Now, uh, for starters, <laughs> they looked pretty young, not necessarily underage, but not old enough to be drinking. Uh, but he poured beer all over them and then got them to take their shirts off. One of the women wasn't wearing a bra and just paraded around topless in the ring. This could be an issue because there's some sort of uh, Virginia, <laughs> Virginia state law about that sort of thing during entertainment events. <laughs> Oh, good lord. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So when people wonder why I laugh at this company. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It really it really was the inmates running the asylum most of the time. Like these guys just, you know, did whatever the hell they wanted to do. Uh good, bad, or indifferent, whether it was breaking the law or not. Quit breaking the, the law. law Committing a huge felony possibly. Oh, lots of stuff. It's great. Yeah, right. Love this stuff. You see dub. You see dub. Sandman and felonies. They go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. Lamb and tuna fish? <laughs> you getting meatballs? Would you like that better? Considering yeah. oh, in yeah. America, yeah. you'll like that. Yeah. Get the hell out. Yeah. Anyone like doesn't spaghetti. get that reference, go watch Spaghetti. <laughs> I, like, I like how uh, spaghetti and meatballs was the American thing. <laughs> <laughs> Could have said a hamburger and fries or something, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, right. Good grief. Uh, uh, last ECW story I have here. This next one is, Thank uh, the good Lord. is sort of related, <laughs> but not totally. Uh, on a recent ECW show, Tajiri kept referring to Super Crazy by the name Super Chico. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, oddly enough, Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer actually used to wrestle under the name Super Chico. Oh, God, what a horrible coincidence. <laughs> uh, how dare you, Greg? That's the great Brian Alvarez. <laughs> I've never liked Jungle Boy more in my life than when he's beating his ass in a ring on an APW show. Right? Yeah. Uh, the only guy that Jungle Boy's bigger than. <laughs> but this one's sort of ECW related, and you'll see why. The state of New Jersey is fighting to try to regulate so-called extreme wrestling. And this week, Vince McMahon came out in favor of the regulations. The bill introduced would ban anyone under the age of 19 from ex uh, from attending extreme wrestling shows and al uh, allow local officials to ban those types of shows completely if they so choose. But, of course, the wording on the bill is pretty vague as to what it, uh, constitutes extreme wrestling, so there's a lot of legal concerns over that. The bill is worded in a way that would not affect nationally touring companies like WWF or WCW, Naturally, ECW is hoping to be excluded from that bill as well, although having the word extreme in their name isn't helping their case. The whole issue started during, or excuse me, the whole issue started due to uh, shows run by indie promotion Jersey All Pro Wrestling, which regularly hosts hardcore bloody death matches. Another New Jersey-based promotion, CZW, is expected to be targeted by this new law as well. 
Uh, I don't know if that. I don't think any. I don't think anything of note happens here. Yeah. So well, that's that's so weird. Like if you think about like a legal document being put forth by like in a state legislature would actually have the words extreme wrestling in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of laughable at that point. Like, uh, okay. And look, I have nothing wrong with if you're like, look, we need to ban, you know, garbage, like people Um, mutilating each other. 19, 20 year old girls getting in the ring and get naked, apparently. Yeah, right. Well, just go hand in hand with what you the last story. Yeah, it's like you can still hold your indie shows. You just can't, you know, have people be throwing each other into broken glass and crap like that. And what uh, the hell is the point of any of that anyways? How do you call that wrestling? I once you're, had you're mutilating each other. Like, How is that wrestling? I once had a local indie wrestler that had been wrestling around here for a couple decades. Uh, tell me one time because uh, they we the, the local indie promotion would bring in deathmatch wrestlers here and there to do like a one off. And he had said, uh, don't let anybody fool you when they're doing that stuff. They're not doing it because they think it's cool or whatever. They just want an excuse to go get pain pills. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay. Well, it's plausible. Yeah. Either way, so much for Pero Aguayo retiring. He's already scheduled for CML show, CMLL shows for the rest of the year and maybe returning to Japan to work as well. Yeah, Paro is one of them guys that never knew when to hang it up. <laughs> I mean, whatever. If you're drawing money... Does he still go? Cool. Nah, no, he passed away as far as I oh, recall. I don't know that. Paro Jr., for anybody out there that don't know, he's the one. He passed away in the ring, actually. And uh, people still wear, like, uh, Taya Valkyrie still wears his t-shirts every now and then. Uh, he had neck... I think that was the one that died. Oh, man, Mysterio. she knows how to wear a t-shirt, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she's pouring her heart out, man. Uh, but, yeah, no, Pero Aguayo Jr., I think, was the one that uh, died in the ring with Rey Mysterio. Ooh. So, uh, Pero Aguayo Sr., yeah, he passed away back in 2019. So, but, yeah, he wrestled for, like, freaking ever. He was one of them guys that just kept going, like the Terry Funk effect. And the older he got, the bloodier his matches got because it's like, eh, I can't do as much, so I'll just bleed all over the place. Speaking of bleeding all over the place, an, oh, FMW, an FMW show in Japan was recently canceled because it was too close to the Mount Usu volcano that had just recently erupted. That sounds so fake. <laughs> I know. we got to cancel the show because it's too close to a volcano that erupted recently. <laughs> like, what? Oh, man. That's not a thing you hear in America or <laughs> anywhere that often. So, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. It's USU, so I'm assuming it's USU. Nah, I don't know. It's it's okay. Either. We're American. We know how to speak, so we're good. Yeah, we. Hey, I, I talk real good. All right, I I say the the words with my mouth hole real real nice. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, it is Hill William. Thank you. Yeah, right. The the thing that got me most about the, I mean, well, the volcano thing got me the most about the story. The fact that FMW was running shows in 2000, I was like, what? Yeah, I thought they folded in like early or late 90s. Yeah, I guess not. Is that where Mike Austin was started? Yeah, he started over there as the gladiator, I believe. Yeah, he had that horrible face paint. 
<laughs> yeah, he looked like uh, he tried to get into the LOD, and they told him no. Yeah. Cosplay that uh, LOD. Guys, they could be a part of the team, too. <laughs> right, like Heidenreich. Oh, good lord. Hey, if he can do it. <laughs> anyway, can uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, right. At the latest Stampede Wrestling show in Canada, Harry Smith, the 14-year-old son of Davy Boy Smith, defeated a heel, a heel, named TJ Wilson. After the match, Wilson and his stable were beating on Smith when Davy Boy did a run-in to save him. It was then announced that the uh, father and son would be forming a tag team called the New British Bulldogs. Is that even legal? Yeah. Ah, it's almost like, you can wrestle at 14 in Canada? You sure as hell can't here in America. I'm pretty sure in Canada at 16 you're an adult, so. Um, oh, I didn't Still 14, that. though. Still not 16. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. That's nuts. I, I can't imagine getting that. What was that? Uh, there was some documentary I was watching. Well, it might have been Dark Side of the Ring. I can't remember. Where uh, Mikey Whiprack had a wrestling school, and he said he won't even let anybody under the age of 18 step into his ring because, you know, for insurance reasons. I don't, I don't remember where I saw that now. Yeah, because two guys got a, uh, two guys were getting a tour, and they were like, "Hey, can we get in the ring and and uh, you know just mess around, or whatever?" And they they got in. He's like, "Wait a minute, how old are you two? And one of them was like seventeen. He's like, "Nah, get out. Sorry, like I, I don't want that on my, uh, you know, on my conscience or whatever." Uh, yeah. For anybody uh, that doesn't, do you oh, know of a wrestler from Ring of Honor named Starboy? I think his name is. Uh, no. It's a really small little Mexican guy. He started out in APW, and he was just the ring guy. He was just the, he was just the ring kid. You know, he was he was brought, had towels and stuff, and you know, he huh. used to grab their gear like when they took off like their entrance gear or whatever. And yeah. um, they called him Ring Boy Charlie, huh. and like he was clearly like a kid. And yeah. I don't know how this even went on, but like one night we're at, we're at a show, and he's wrestling, and his mom's there in the front row. And I think like clearly she had to be there for some reason, but they did let a sixteen-year-old, seventeen, whatever he was, wrestle on the show. So wow, I, you know, it's all coming back to me. Just remember this. I think his name is Starboy in Ring of Water, but they called him Ring Boy Charlie in EPW. Wow, yeah, I think that's how. I mean, obviously he was a, an adult at this point, but I think that's how Cheeseburger and Ring of Honor got its start. Was I think he was a yeah. Ring Boy. It's ironic oh. we're talking about all this, and it started with uh, Mikey Whipwreck, who was essentially the same thing. But he might have been an adult, but he essentially had the same exact stuff. Right. But Paul Heyman said, he, "Yeah, right." He didn't want mo- like he didn't ask for money except the ring. He just wanted to get in the ring and wrestle. That's how uh, I That's got straight my off the ECW documentary DVD. I got that from. But oh yeah, uh, just to wrap this up though, if anybody doesn't know, T.J. Wilson is a Tyson kid or whatever, and uh, I think everybody knows who Harry Smith is. Shawn Michaels' alleged fir- uh, final match took place in his TWA promotion last week against Venom, uh, not Tom Hardy. Uh, it was your oh, big basic- Venom, bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> no, this is uh, uh, Eric from that '70s show, <laughs> Over Grace. <laughs> uh, but it was your basic weapons match: garbage cans, ladders, cookie sheets, etc. Uh, Michaels blazing. Yeah, the and typical also- Shawn Michaels match. Yes. Yeah, well, they said t- typical weapons match. So, uh, to your point, no, Sean does not usually do that crap, luckily. Uh, and ironically, his first match back in the WWE was uh, uh, full, full of a bunch of weapons. So, there you go. Andy wrestled in jeans. But Michaels bladed and also did an elbow drop from the top of the ladder, which was his only real major bump. Mostly it was just Venom bumping all over for Sean for the big spots. 
After winning the match and the TWA championship, Sean vacated the title and announced a tournament to determine a new champion. I might have used that line a little too soon, but uh, Shawn Michaels and vacating titles go together like a lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> uh, had to get it in one more time, but anyway. Giggity. Right. Court TV aired a show called Wrestling with Death, talking about the dangers of wrestling. This was a big thing back then. You don't hear about this so much anymore. I mean, obviously, there's the you know dark side of the ring, but that's not a expose necessarily on wrestling. Uh, but they talked uh, with you know, about the dangers of wrestling. Linda McMahon was interviewed and came off pretty cold and callous. Uh, I, she doesn't ever come off that way, so I'm assuming that they selectively edited. Uh, the highlight was Linda saying that the WWF doesn't market to children, and the host responded by pulling out a bag full of WWF toys found at Toys R Us that are clearly marketed to children and basically made Linda look like a moron. Well, I'm sitting there looking at my detox full of figures right now, and I'm not a child, but, you know. Yeah, right. I, I think you and I are like the first. I mean, toy collecting was going on in the nineties, but it wasn't so publicized, probably because of no social media. That's like, oh, because you know Matt Cardona and Brian Myers didn't exist yet. Well, we weren't a thing yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, now it's like it's not an embarrassing thing so much. That's why it's like it's so laughable when you saw like uh, somebody had said said something to Xavier Woods about, well, oh, qu- quit playing your stupid little games, get back in the ring, you know, and. He's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, me building a second career for myself where I don't have to take bumps. That's <laughs> such a terrible thing. Third career, really? But, He's a freaking brilliant, uh, what are you, a physicist or something? What? Yeah, I know he has a PhD. I don't yeah, know. So, what, but, but just, yeah. you know, it's just the He's, point. It's like, uh, got plenty of fallbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Never mind the fact that the billion dollar, the game industry is a billion dollar industry, by the way, which I don't think kids are contributing to. Maybe their parents are. So, again, right. No, sorry to be sensible here. Yeah, and, I mean the the Twitch gaming thing is a, a huge thing now, and I mean people I'm, use. I'm playing Twitch, Twitch for a bunch as we speak stuff. right now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. It, it's it makes a lot of people a lot of money, especially if you're if if you've got any celebrity name value whatsoever, you can make money on Twitch as a second or third or fourth career. Which apparently you can do in WWE again. They looked at that. So, oh wow. Uh, I I didn't know that, but that's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean there and there are plenty of people out there with like subpar uh, content, even that make a pretty decent living on Twitch and YouTube and whatever else. So the toy thing, I mean, you and I know people. I mean, I don't think they make a living off of it, but uh, especially you in the communities that you're in, I mean, know people that make a lot of money with off of toys. So, Dude, no joke. I've I've resold some some old stuff that I find and age out, made like mm, close to maybe a thousand bucks over the past couple of years. Good lord! Yeah, just old, old, just like figures. I find like this is gonna be valuable when it's out with prints, and I gamble and it works out. So yeah, there you not, go. Not a bad gig if you can get it. But uh, furthering on with some bad press and whatnot. Bret Hart was on TSN's Off the Record and said that he doesn't have any anonymous or excuse me any an animosity towards Davy Boy Smith for going back to the WWF. However, he does have a problem with Smith publicly saying that McMahon shouldn't be held responsible in any way for Owen Hart's death. Considering Smith threatened to sue over his back injury that he suffered in WCW, he thinks it's kind of hypocritical of him to not think that Vince has some responsibility. He also spoke about meeting Vince when he came to Calgary for Owen's funeral. He said that 
When they talked, they didn't really discuss Owen's death because of the legal issues. But then, a few weeks later, Vince went on TV and claimed that Brett didn't care about Owen because he never talked about him during their conversation. Brett was pretty pissed off about that because he says that Vince knew that Brett couldn't talk to him about Owen because of the pending lawsuit. When the host asked Brett if he would ever go back to the WWF and how you should never say never, Brett responded by saying, quote, absolutely never. Oh, wow. Yeah, about that. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward. uh, Well, they say never make a happy promise or emotional decision. Yeah, right. Yeah, always forgotten. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if it was an interview or what specifically Brett was referring to. If Vince really did say that Brett didn't care about Owen, that's kind of a crappy thing to say. But uh, both of these guys just like they kept sniping at each other in the media for like years and years. And then yep. you got every everybody in the click whenever they did a uh, uh, shoot interview, they were like, oh, it was a work, bro. Like they don't actually hate each other. It's all the work, bro. I want to live in a world where I think everything is a work. Yep. Eh, well, maybe I don't want to live in that world, but you know, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intriguing thought. Yeah. I know people who think that everything is a freaking work. And it's like, wow, that kind of just, that just takes well, like the magic out of everything, doesn't it? Oh, you mean wrestling, every man life. Because I did hear a story about a guy who thinks the entire... Uh, Ukraine invasion just uh, a, a work because the United States urged Putin to do it. He's a crazy conspiracy theorist from Berkeley. Go figure. So I was like, yeah, there exists in every form of life. What's, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> wow. Yeah, of course. Uh, getting into the WCW side of things, though, Billy Kidman won the cruiserweight title from The Artist at a Baltimore house show and then lost it back to him the next night at a Pittsburgh house show. Neither title change was ever acknowledged on TV. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there you go. By the way, I always thought Mark Madden was, like, beloved in Pittsburgh. Apparently not, because there was a poll that came out around this time. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, There was a poll that came out around this time saying that Mark Madden was, like, ranked number three on the top five reasons to kill your radio. Wow. Is Howard Stern uh, above a love sponge one and two? I didn't see the other ones. I just saw that he was. I, I'm like, I'm oh, going to go yeah. ahead and be confident myself and make a safe bet that those are the first two. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there are people in WCW who are worried about an incident that took place last week uh, during spring, ba- spring break nitro and are hoping that it doesn't get out publicly. Oh, good Lord. What is this? God. Uh, I well, thought you, remember... you said hoping it doesn't get out publicly. So I guess it can, it's not Hall and Nash in the pool incident. Okay. No. So, uh, hit me with it. was that? 98? That was 99, I believe. 98, okay. 99. Ah, probably one of those. Yeah. I think Raven was on that show referring to, but yeah. Uh, so. It had been some time when he was in the company. But this, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, some WCW people apparently unofficially sponsored and organized a wet t-shirt contest with about 15 women participating. By the end of it, every single one of them was totally naked. There were a good 500 plus people gathered around watching, many with cameras, and at least one wrestler was on stage helping to remove clothing from the women. Needless to say, WCW, job. right? Needless to say, WCW is hoping that none of this footage surfaces. It doesn't appear that it ever does, but I believe oh. that we later we later find out that Buff Bagwell was that wrestler. Show of hands, who shocked at that one? 
Yeah, I was going to say, where's my shocked face? <laughs> like gas. Uh, like, really? Like, no kidding. Buff. Okay. Uh, don't forget and, water's wet. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the positive stories just keep coming for WCW, man. Here's another one. In the UK, there was a lot of media coverage and even a segment on a BBC news show in regards to WCW engaging in alleged false advertisement. Their recent tour heavily advertised Goldberg and Sting, but of course, neither was there. Instead, fans got to see the Harris Twins versus the Mama Lukes as the main event. As Holy you can hell! <laughs> right. Goldberg, Sting! <laughs> nah, they're not here. You get Harris Twins versus Mama Lukes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, same, same. Whatever. Oh, my God. You know, the, the, <sighs> old, the old business adage was, uh, was, was it under... Uh, was it under promise and over deliver, I think is how it goes. And yep. this is the exact uh, reverse of that over promise and under deliver by oh. a mile. Just wow. Uh, as you can imagine, fans weren't thrilled. And there's a lot of stories about fans wanting refunds and filing complaints with the venues. Uh, yeah. This isn't a case of like, uh, well, Goldberg and Sting can't make it, so here's you know two other big names start. No, <sighs> get the Harris Twins and the Mama Lukes. Like what? <sighs> I uh, ah, man, I don't even know what to say, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just uh, I want a refund too. There's like a plethora of people they could have had, a plethora, yep. and they pick those four. A plethora. If you and, you, and also, you know, um, you know, Johnny the Bulls on that team, and you know, he was relic. And you know what that is? Oh well, of course, it's killer spelt backwards, Greg. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Make sure one knows so, that. Yeah, right. God. Uh, Sc Scott Hall reported reportedly had neck surgery last week due to injuries allegedly suffered at Super Brawl. Although that's not there. certain. Oh, you're at that uh, Super Brawl 2000. Was I there? Was that three of them? No, I think it was uh, 97, 99. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where the hell Super Bowl 2000 even was. Uh, it was at the Cow Palace. Okay. I don't think I was at that one, though. I can't remember. Okay. Wait, was that the yeah. one where, where Tate Gavage tried to kill Big Al? Oh, God. Uh, the Well, the main event was Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall there. and Jeff Jarrett. I'm blinking three dance. Yeah, Tink Abbott and Big Al. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was there. Okay. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> you saw this card and was like, I'm going. <laughs> they got my money. Passes and seats. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, though, and I didn't check ahead to see what the hell happened, but they said uh, nobody could confirm whether or not he actually needed neck surgery. So that was just uh, what was being reported by close friends of Scott Hall's. I don't know. Shane Helms needs reconstructive nose surgery from an injury that he suffered, but he's trying not to miss any TV time, so he's working through it while wearing a protective face mask. How stupid to put Shane Helms in a mask. Perish the thought. <laughs> <sighs> Speaking of perishing the thought, there's interest in bringing Mark Marrow and Rena Marrow into WCW. Mark is legally free and could show up in WCW right now if he wanted. However, Rena is still locked into her WWF non-compete clause for another 18 months. Well, you mean they didn't lock down Mark Merrow? Like, you know, hey, yeah, you're not huh. getting out of here, man. <laughs> wow. 
she would appear on Nitro, by the way, in the crowd. Yeah, but I don't think they could legally mention her, right? They just showed her. I think that was the, uh, right. the deal. Yeah, because yeah, if I remember correctly, Bischoff made some Playboy magazine innuendo or something. Yeah, because he was like, he, he wanted to show her because she was there, but like the workaround was they weren't actually able to mention her. It's like, oh, she just happened to be in the in the crowd and we happened to show her sitting there. Uh, yeah, I, I they probably got a, a, a nice little letter from Jerry McDivitt about that one. Speaking of Eric Bischoff, though, Eric Bischoff did an interview with the Wrestling Observer website. Why? You know, Shaw guy. Hell if I know. Uh, but he talked about how WCW that WWF went to because they can't do anything to embarrass Ted Turner. He said that he and Vince Russo plan to basically blow up WCW and start from scratch. They're going to change directions in a way that no one expects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you want to, that's like going down, like, uh, you, you've seen Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. Okay, you know it's how crawl. Say what? It's a classic. Hell yes. Yeah. Well, you know how he, he escapes from prison by crawling through like a sewer pipe and everything? Yeah. That's like, okay, you're going through that sewer pipe and you see freedom down one down one pipe and you're like, no, nah, I'm going to crawl through this one because it has like higher amounts of crap. <laughs> so it's like that's that's how they change directions. But uh, final story I have here. Speaking of Vince Russo, he did an interview on WCW Live on their website. It was full of noteworthy comments. I've just got a few here. He said that he left in January right before the sold-out pay-per-view when Bill Bush told him that the company wanted to focus less on ratings and entertainment and more on wrestling. Russo disagreed and refused to be a part of the booking committee. Russo admitted that he pitched the idea of Tank Abbott winning the WCW title at sold-out, but Bush shot that down. Oh, I wonder why, especially <laughs> after what we see on this show. <laughs> uh, Russo said... That, uh, well, what we see on this show is one of the greatest things we ever see, actually. I don't know if you're oh, being yeah. serious, but, um, yeah. The only time I... Well, I'll get into it, but uh, Russo said that he wants to bring back Conan and Shane Douglas because he said that uh, he thinks that they both have a lot to offer and feels that Douglas especially could be a big star with WCW. <laughs> yeah, because that happened. Uh, he also feels that they were right to stand up for Bush, which ultimately, or stand up to Bush rather, which ultimately got them suspended when they didn't follow the, and they didn't follow the radicals to the WWF. Uh, Russo oh, also, oh, part of that story. I think they tried according, according to Pritchard and they fell apart. So yeah, uh, I'm sound like little, uh, little, uh, worker bees that were all there for him they try to jump off yeah conan, conan uh i think the thing was he tried to like he couldn't get a call back or something like that and because I don't know he why used he... the word k-dog and not conan and Bruce Pritchard had no idea who the hell k-dog was <laughs> yeah pritchard <laughs> that's says that, that's a real conan... story <laughs> pritchard says that and then on the flip side conan says you think i would i would call you up at your like asking for a job and like an effing mark i announced myself as k-dog who the f do you think i am so, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think Richard knew what the hell K-Dog was back then, so that's why I believe him. Like, why yeah. would he call him that if he had never heard of that name before? Yeah, so, yeah, because I'm thinking it's like, because it, he was like, well, if he would have said Conan or Carlos, whatever his last name is, he was like, I know who that is. You know, oh, like, Carlos, Carlos, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so th that's him. I don't know why he didn't go with the rest of the radicals. I don't know if he was having second thoughts or whatever, but... Uh, Shane Douglas, I heard he, they just ditched his ass. Like they told him the wrong time and they just never came and picked him up. And I'm like, damn. Oh, he had two stints there before. So maybe they just didn't like him. I don't forget that. Yeah, he's I'm, been there twice. 
I was going to say, I think they, they were probably thinking like, uh, he might hold us back. I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of dirty, but I can see their point if that's what they were thinking. Uh, Russo also claims I mean, that I he, might take him over Perry Saturn, but not the other three. So, yeah, that's just me. Well, I, I think Pritchard said that he thought uh, he, he looked at Perry Saturn as one of the top guys that they wanted to do something with. Yeah, I'll go over Maki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, hey, Perry, Perry Saturn was a great wrestler. I thought, well, I don't know if I should say great. He was a good wrestler. Yeah, but, but in the in the collection of these four, he was dead last. Oh, well, yeah. Fair. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, I can see why they wouldn't see anything in Dimolenko just because he was small. He was so small and he, I mean, he had no personality. So, uh, Chris Benoit. Malenko, as uh, Jericho calls him. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, Benoit and Guerrero were clearly, I think, the, the top two. I think JR said uh, he saw, maybe it was JR who said he saw something in, in Saturn. And I think Pritchard said he looked at Eddie as the breakout. So I don't know. Because he said Eddie reminded him of like the Mexican Shawn Michaels. I can see that. <laughs> and, now, uh, and now people are trying to compare Sammy Guevara to Eddie Guerrero, which it's like he's Settle good. Settle the hell down. Yeah. He's very young, so he's got a long way to go. But, I mean, Logan yeah. Paul did a better Eddie Guerrero than Sammy Guevara, but whatever. Wow. But uh, last statement here is uh, Russo claims that he boosted WCW's ratings from 2.5 to 3.5 in 12 weeks. Uncle Dave says that that claim is total BS. For once, well, right I... There the numbers, are they... Was it BS? I don't know. He said... Uh, because he was trying to, like, he said technically it's true, but technically it's not because he's something about um, the demo. Like, Please tell me the demo. No, no, it wasn't the demo. Something about lack of, like, uh, when he was running things, there was something about lack of competition those nights. Or so. I can't even remember what the, he broke it all down and whatever, but he's I'm basically, sure he, he was, did. but basically he was saying it was a disingenuous claim that it's like. Like, yeah, and, I mean, numbers kind of went up. but Well, you like, know, I'm a Raider fan, so just win, baby. So I can't argue with Bruce on this. If he got it, he got it. Argue all you yeah. want. If you win, you win. Uh, he did the same I mean, thing because Nash was like, uh, well, I got the ratings up when I was booking. And and uh, Dave was saying uh, something about He's like, uh, you're kind of looking at the wrong time period. He's like, you know, you got it because you're not going to see immediate results. You know, like if something big happens one week, like the numbers aren't going to just jump up that week. You know, they might tune in the next week because they heard something big happen last week, you know, but I don't know. I'm not a, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a, a ratings uh, expert. I just play one on the podcast, but, <laughs> but that does it for the news and notes. Uh, I told you there was quite a bit to get into some involved stories and whatnot, but we're going to take our break. When we come back, it is time to dive into the show at hand and boy, howdy, was this a show? <laughs> well, cover it all right today we're liberal with the word show on our show okay uh, <laughs> yeah well it's it's something it's, it's show and tell we'll get into it right after this follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go weird. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. 
We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's Double ECW Monday Nitro from April 10th, 2000. The venue yep, is the Pepsi. It's that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the venue is the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. Uh, out of curiosity, I did not look beforehand what the capacity was on this uh, capacity. I would imagine this one probably had a good uh, crowd because it was the first one. Yeah. Uh, it's not... It's called a ball arena now? Yeah, it's a for, formerly the Pepsi Center. Capacity, 18,000. My God. So, I say that because the capacity is 18,000. They drew a an attendance of 9,074. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the TV rating for this one was a 3.1, which in today's times, that's a good rating. In 2000, kind of sucked. Especially when the Monday Night, well, Monday Night Wars are long dead by this point, but uh, with wrestling being a hot property at this time, that's really bad. But we start off in the ring full of wrestlers and valets and more are on their way out. Commentary says that Vince Russo has, been, has uh, called this meeting you can tell this is the year 2000, by the way, when you see a bunch of FUBU clothes out in the crowd. I don't even know if that brand still exists. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Um, I feel like Nash wore it all the time. He did, yeah. That was, that was big. That was a popular brand back in the day, and I think I don't know exactly what year it died out, but I haven't. I don't even know if they still uh, make clothes. But Jeff um, Jarrett comes... I feel like I saw one the other day, and I put it out to a friend of ours. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I feel like I did. That's funny. Jeff Jarrett comes out and grabs a mic and says that 
When he came to WCW, he was handpicked to be the WCW world champion. Jarrett says that he and Russo's plans got derailed, however, when a group of good old boys conspired against them. Now he says that they're all sitting at home. Jarrett then introduces... Do you, do you Vince, know what he meant by that? Uh, specifically, like, Bill Bush and Kevin Sullivan and those kind of people. I was Is that was Yeah, Bill Bush took over. That was, like, what we talked about in that last news story there. He kind of was trying to get... He was trying to take power away from Russo because he kind of had buyer's remorse. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I, Kevin Sullivan was taken back over there for a little while. And that was actually a big reason why Benoit wanted out, was because of Kevin Sullivan having more power. So, uh, But Jarrett then introduces Vince Russo, who comes to the ring as commentary mentions that Russo uh, once said that he would never appear on camera. Yeah. I w- wish he would have kept that promise, man. He had already broken it years prior on Livewire. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Russo grabs a microphone in the ring and talked about wanting to beat Vince McMahon. The guy with the Bischoff plus Russo equals ratings sign in the crowd obviously is not a fortune teller. Or wishful uh, thinking. Right. I don't know why. Russo, <laughs> Russo buries WCW management and says that everyone who is currently in the Radicals knew that the change was, uh, change in direction was bad, so they all quit. After a while, we then hear Eric Bischoff say, are you done yet? Before his music hits, and he comes out to the ring in a black suit. Uh, Russo seems annoyed With at that first. that hair, by the way. Yeah, Silver Fox, man. Let, you remember when uh, uh, it was after Hogan came into Dilly, or, uh, TNA, and uh, the band showed back up and... Uh, first time Scott Hall saw Kevin Nash with the gray hair, he's like, so we're uh, not dyeing our hair anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I get the memo. Like, yeah, Nash was like, we all gotta grow up sometime, man. But Russo seemed annoyed at first, right before they shake hands and hug, because brothers gotta hug. You guys should see the disdain in Bischoff's face. Yeah, he's like, ugh, New York. <laughs> but Eric Bischoff starts off by saying that uh, both he and Russo were both screwed over by the same good old boys network. Bischoff says that Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, and Sid wished he was vicious, all made mistakes, uh, or were all big mistakes of his. He then says that Hulk Hogan was a big mistake of his as well, and he was blinded, quote, by that red and yellow light, but not anymore. Bischoff and Russo then say that the guys they just insulted are hiding in the back, which, of course, caused them to all come out onto the stage one by one. That's weird. It was almost like it was on cue. I, I know. Like, they were waiting on them to, you know, to be called out or something. That, that doesn't happen, though. Uh, this is all real, Craig. <laughs> Screw it. We'll real. do it live. <laughs> uh, we'll do it after Bisch- live. <laughs> this gets Bischoff to insult them all even more, saying that he's surprised that they actually showed up for work. Russo says that he knows that Ric Flair is hiding backstage and he's a piece of shit on the bottom of his shoe and he's going to scrape off and flush. Okay. Okay. Well, a couple things. First of all, I'm just going to say right now, you know, I hate stepping in dog crap on the street, but if I do, I do not take it home to flush it. I know. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, first of all, where are you in your stepping in crap? Go to a Giants game? Uh, uh, he's a New Yorker. You've been there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, second of all, uh, yeah, like you said, like you're you have it on the bottom of your shoe long enough to scrape it off and flush it. 
What? Uh, That's just gross, bro. And that would mean you have to track it through your house. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of weird stuff about this one. Plus the fact, I, I gotta ask, why does he hate Ric Flair? What the hell did Flair ever do to him? They did not even ever establish this. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah, he just hates Ric Flair. Why? Don't know. Quit asking questions. F you, that's why. But Russo then tells Jarrett that they're starting with a level playing field, so all titles will need to be stripped tonight. The crowd chants bullshit. My thoughts exactly. At, at this segment or what's going to happen to poor WCW? Yes. <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff then says that there's only one belt left and Sid needs to give it up. Sid tells Bischoff to come and take it, to which Bischoff smiles and says, Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Eric Bischoff walks up to Sid on the stage now to get our first representation of Greg uh, standing next to me of the night. <laughs> And says that if Sid lays him out, he'll be unemployed, so he needs to just give up the world title. Eric says, what's the matter, Sid? Can't find your scissors? To which only Mark Madden on commentary reacts. He freaking said that. Yep. You notice the crowd's, like, dead, by the way. Like, only Mark Madden goes, wow! I'm like, that's it. Uh, And so, Eric repeats the line, and still, no one cared. (laughs) Like... Dude, Maybe I gotta say it again because it didn't get over. Yeah, so nope. We're trying to appeal no, to the smarks. <laughs> like, nobody cares, man. Nobody gets it. All right. This I feel like watching this when I was a kid, I, I didn't realize what it meant either. But yeah, who so, would? Uh, it happened I, back in what, 92? Or no, even earlier than that. Like, good grief. Or no, it might, oh, I'm sorry, later than that. That's right, because that's why he came back to WWF in 94, 95, whenever yeah. that was. Right. Yeah. So. All right, so it was later than 92. But it, either way, it had been over half a decade since that crap happened. Freaking nobody remembers. It's just whatever. The you know, was Russo a, says something like big. that, you don't even think twice. A Bischoff, really? Which leads me to believe he was fed this line. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But this yeah, is I, the I f- want to agree with you, but I don't think Bischoff's just going to say that if he doesn't want to. Uh, so, I don't know. I, in his own words, he said he was trying to Get you know, just uh, get along and play ball and all that. So he wasn't making any waves. So maybe he was being fed stuff and was like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, sure, I'll just I'll say it." I I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, paycheck's a paycheck, right? <laughs> right. It hey, it all cash is the same, man. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the first smarky moments of the night. Just letting everybody out there know. Besides the mention of the good old boys network that you know appealed to like a small fraction of the audience. Again, the internet's not as big as it what is it is now, so it's not it's essentially you know, only about what three years old, give or take. Like the infamacy of it. Yeah, people are still using the, the majority of people with internet still have dial-up. So. Yeah, I mean, like you know, hey, don't be on the internet too late because I'm waiting for a phone call. Yeah, um, right. My, shout my out to on, those of you who get that. <laughs> my time on the internet was limited because we had one phone line, yep. and they didn't want me tying up the phone. They were like, "You get one hour, and that's it." But Either way, uh, Sid thinks about it for a while and then gives up the world title. Bischoff says that at Spring Stampede, that's where the real world champion will be crowned. Woo! Wow. We then go to commercial break, and when we come back, Sting sits down next to Hulk Hogan in the locker room and tells him that Bischoff has lost his mind. He's screwing them all. Hogan says, I'm on it. And he gets up, and Sting says, I'm not ribbing you. For yet another marquee moment of the night. 
I was able to pass that one over because that's the actual word you can use on a friend too. So that one I'll give you whatever. It is, but it's just like I don't know. That's like hearing Sting Trust, tell just Hulk. Give it to him. There's like fifty more coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> hearing Sting tell Hulk Hogan, I'm not ribbing you. Like, really? Okay. But anyway, uh up next is our actual first you want to call it match of the night. Uh, there were two bells, one at the beginning, one at the end. So, you know, it constitutes match. It's <laughs> it's a diamond oh, Dallas. <laughs> Am I, I wrong? Call it. Okay, sorry. I'm going off the uh, Webster's Dictionary here, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. But anyway, uh, Diamond Dallas Page with Kimberly Page is taking on the total package. Lex Luger with Elizabeth in his corner. He's like the the uh, the Chiron when he comes out says the total package, but commentary calls him Lex Luger. So I think this is the transition back to Luger actually right here. Okay, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know at this time or around this time, uh, Lex Luger just went by only the total package. And you people think that Vince McMahon is the first one to do stupid stuff like this? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. All right. News for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, people have people have been doing dumb stuff for a long time. All right, buckling. But how, uh, this... how all the way live were uh, Liz and Kimberly? By the way, oh hell yeah, I think Kimberly was uh, just posed for uh, I don't know if it was Playboy or Penthouse or Hustler, one of them, for not too long before this. But this is in the WCW World Heavyweight Title Tournament. It went four minutes twenty three seconds. I did not misspeak. Both DDP and Lex Luger's music gets cut off halfway through their entrances. Close to the end, uh, Buff Bagwell's theme hits, and Buff comes out with music, pyro blowing, the whole nine yards. This distracts everyone long enough for DDP to hit a low blow on Lex. Uh, Buff kisses Elizabeth on the outside of the ring and distracts Luger again, leading to a diamond cutter for a DDP victory. Yes, all this happened in less than four and a half minutes. Uh, uh, my, my whole thing too was uh, which one was the heel in this because I thought it was yeah. Luger but then Paige wins with a yeah. low blow and I'm like yeah. bro nobody cares I, bro I didn't think that I would have to go back and watch a few Nitros before this to establish who was who but I'm pretty sure in my mind I yeah. remember Luger being a heel now Paige also could have been one but then yeah, you know, why do we have two heels he like, certainly played the heel through this. I don't, this happens one other time later in the night that I'll get to. But yeah, this was just, wow. Uh, but I don't know. Moving on, I, we're not going to rate these matches because there's really nothing to rate. So yeah. Uh, backstage, Hulk Hogan walks down the hall, knocking on doors, looking for Eric Bischoff. This goes on in one way, shape, or form all effing night, by the way. No one knows where anyone is. That's yeah. the theme of this show. Basically, yep. So, either way, after commercial break, Kurt Hennig stops Vince Russo backstage to say that he deserves a world title shot more than Jeff Jarrett. Russo says that he'll book him against each other tonight in, a wor- in the world title tournament. So, yeah, that's uh, coming up. And, it's important to oh, note man. that Hennig was his right-hand man for a while. Like, the powers that be, I should say. So, but There is an established yeah. thing there, so... I'm not defending the union at all, but there is a tiny glimmer of continuity in this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, and they, you want to talk about 
there are some things on this show that it's like, man, you want to talk about crash freaking TV, man. It's like, yeah, let's just book everything in one night. Just like run through like months and months worth of storytelling in one effing night. <laughs> not that when I say storytelling, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, you know, you could have dragged it out. But nope, all in one night, two hour show. There you go. <sighs> good Lord. Anyway, I haven't said it in a while, but bro, storytelling. Okay, cool. <laughs> Got one in. Uh, now, Tank Abbott comes to the ring and grabs a microphone. God help us all. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before you even go on, I'm just going to say it right now. Best part of the whole show right here. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm not <laughs> even joking. I'm serious. I, well, I, my thoughts I, I at the end. I got giddy watching this, okay? <laughs> Anyways. Wow. I'll get to my thoughts <laughs> at the end here. But he looks like he's wearing boxers, by the way. Yep. They don't even look like fight trunks. He just looks like he's wearing boxer shorts that he pulled out of the, his dresser drawers at home. But he grabs the mic. He says, I'm not some candy-ass wrestler. I'm a shoot fighter. I don't know the difference between a wrist watch and a wrist lock, but I can kick your ass. <laughs> and he, he says it just in that tone, too. He's, like, practically rolling his eyes during this promo, acting like oh, we all someone... Were. Yeah, it like... <laughs> He he seemed like he was reading off of a script. It just it was so forced and stupid. I never Tank Abbott's a turd. But he then calls out. Bill never a good Goldberg. fighter either, by the way. He fought cupcakes. Never fought real yeah. fighters. Never fought yeah, guys he, like Randy Couture, Boss Rude, and all like that. Where it beat the hell out of him. And didn't he try calling out women in the last few years? Uh, maybe. I yeah, know he I, called out GSP, and oh man, maybe we might have to edit this. I don't know, but he. Literally called him Gay Boy GSP. Oh, and yeah, won the that's fight right. And yeah, like, that, you do that realize was... that that man probably would have kicked your ass in six ways a Sunday, even in your prime, you idiot. Dude, he would, <laughs> he would kick his ass now. Like, I know. This, <laughs> Just, he's I'm lucky. G, yeah, he's lucky that GSP is a nice, polite Canadian. However, like GSP, I was not impressed with his performance right here. <laughs> Uh, Tank, right. <laughs> Tank calls out Bill Goldberg, saying that he ran away as soon as Abbott showed up. He said that until Goldberg shows up to fight, he's going to beat up innocent bystanders. He talks like here, a complete and weirdo. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I put in my notes, by the way, he talks like a complete weirdo and a douchebag. Because yep. he is, but uh, commentary is kind of like He's kind of like, like bobbing his head nonchalant, like he's cutting crack, like he's cracking jokes in high school gym or something. That's how it came off to me. Yeah, I know. Like, like he didn't want to be there. Uh, but he talks, uh, or uh, commentary gets in on what's smarky language, calling a fan in the front row a mark. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to shove that one in there. Abbott walks up to commentary and starts beating the hell out of Mark Madden. He just, like, smacked the hell out of him and rips his shirt off, which, you know, we were all waiting on. Uh, and <laughs> he rolls him into the ring. Abbott even mounts Madden and fires off a few shots on him before security runs in and shoves Tank off. I'm uh, smiling pretty, from ear to ear the whole time this is going on. This is literally shut the only time. I, I can't say I totally disagree. However, this is like probably one of the only times I felt somewhat sorry for Mark Madden. Like, holy crap. And I think yeah. I don't I mean, think he knew this was coming. I think this was like uh, just thrust upon him. From because one of Eric Bischoff's podcasts, he said that Mark Mann was mad the most that they ripped his shirt off on live TV. Yeah, and uh, I think it was 
was it? Oh, wait, no, never mind. That comes way later. Because I was thinking about the, um, remember when he had comment, Russo randomly had commentary to, uh, or talk with, uh, without their shirts on because they made no, fun of when just, it was just Scott Hudson. It's because he made fun of him. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think, I think Shivani had said he was told to as well. And he flat out said, no, I'm not doing it. He's like, what are you going to do? Fire me. <laughs> so, so what Hudson was scared. <laughs> Uh, Hudson needed the job, whereas Tony Schiavone, he was like, whatever. I'd, he was done at that point. He was he had mentally checked out. Uh, that's why he said he had a lot of respect for Scott Hudson because he hung in there till the bitter end and actually like cared about his job. Tony said he just couldn't give a crap anymore. He couldn't bring himself to. A side note, but, Hudson's very underrated, by the way. I always thought he was a great announcer. Oh, yeah, I always thought he was really good. Uh, you know, TNA picked him up there for a while, but they put him doing backstage interviews. I'm like, yeah, but he was good at that, too. You know, and he really, uh, his facial expressions really told a story, too. I loved it. Yeah. Like, he wasn't just sitting there holding a mic. He, can, like, he was really into the interview. I said he was great at that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I like Mike today and all, but I really think that they should have put maybe a three-man booth, you know, put Hudson out there with today and, and uh Ah, oh, crap, I'm blanking now. Don, Don, Cal, Don, uh, West. Not Cal, Don West, Don West, Don God, <laughs> wrong Don. It's Don Fallis. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, but backstage, Jeff what Jarrett argues. Don Fallis. Sorry. <laughs> uh, backstage, Jeff Jarrett argues with Vince Russo about having to wrestle tonight. Russo says that Jarrett needs to trust him, saying, what do I look like to you, J.J. Dillon? <laughs> uh, before walking off. No, J.J. Dillon was talented, had some character, but well, no, <laughs> no. don't. Wow. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tori Wilson now chases after Billy Kidman backstage. Asking if he... Damn straight. Unfortunately, this is the only time we'll see her tonight. But yeah. Uh, asking if he really wants to do this. Billy says something's uh, going on that he's got to take care of. I don't know. But we uh, now go back to this. I want to say. Hey, is that right, coming next? Okay. Uh, uh, here in a few. The week prior, Billy Kidman was a, or a couple weeks prior, he was a face. So, you know, I just want to point that out. So, yeah. you know, more on that. But, well, I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on who you ask if he's a baby face here or not. Because <laughs> some people were were yeah, like, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's like you tell Hogan. I guess that was a thing. But anyway, we'll get to that here in a second. But we now go back to Hulk Hogan in his search for Eric Bischoff. We get a Red Rooster sighting as Terry Taylor tells Hulk Hogan where Bischoff is. That was fun. So you're telling me he stooged? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. yeah you, uh, you're, you're right. Um, that, what is that saying? <laughs> Say what? Oh, no, I'm not uh, right. Oh, yeah, that, that is correct. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> you, you set it up. <laughs> I haven't had it in a while, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you, uh, hey, man, you, you had to throw that change up right over uh you know the, the slow change up right over home plate there so i can knock it out of the park but hogan finally walks in a uh, walk up to a locker room knocks on the door and bischoff actually comes out eric denies that he's trying to screw the hulkster over and then guides him into his office uh this will totally go well uh next up billy kidman comes to the ring in street clothes with a microphone gotta love that wcw is hemorrhaging money that they blow money on pyro for kidman just to walk to the ring and talk uh, wow, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there's something else later that they blow a ton of money on, too. That uh, Oh, we'll that to. one I know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Kidman says that he's been held back for years, but tonight is his night. And he calls out the biggest egomaniac of them all, Hulk Hogan. Kidman unconvincingly talks trash for a while before calling Hogan out. Backstage, we see Hogan walking down the hallway and he sees Kidman on a monitor and he storms out to the ring. Okay, Hogan, before we go on, hold on. Two things. Number one, man, I love Kidman, but he sucks on the mic. Uh, and, yeah. and number two, I. did you catch when Hogan saw him on there? He hadn't said Hogan's name at all. So what was Hogan reacting to on the damn monitor? He saw Kidman in the ring. He had no idea whatsoever that Kidman was talking about him. Where the hell did that come he was, from? He was talking trash. Uh, I don't know if he if he actually heard him say his name because he was talking saying. trash about think... something, calling him out. I think yeah, Hogan but just he didn't assumed. say Hogan's name. He could have been talking about anybody on God's green earth. And Hogan just knows it's him. <laughs> I think he probably just assumed it's like eh, we got something going on. Now he's talking crap about me. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, well they didn't have anything going on. That's my point. Kidman was just Kidman before this. Like, this oh, is like his launch into what they want to call his. His rise or whatever, which has failed oh, gotcha. back in the filthy animals in a couple of months. So again, he yeah. he does he doesn't say his name like at, at all at the point where Hogan's listening, I should say. And he's just like, Oh, I'm going out there to get him because Kidman's in the ring and I see him, so he must be talking about me. There's no logic there. Going out of the <sighs> ring because the script told me to, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and am I wrong? No. Yeah. I wish you were. Yeah. Hey. Remember that time when Goldberg refused to follow the script? You don't want to end oh, up like Lord. that, man. That's, that's coming up, actually. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody, now in the archives, uh, New Blood Rising. Anyway. Uh, or don't. I wouldn't blame you. People. I mean, you know, like, Alyssa would be nice, but we had fun. I don't want to make you subject yourself to pain. <laughs> I do. Uh. I'm a sadist. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so Hogan gets in the ring with Kidman now, and we get our second representation of the night of uh, Troy and Greg standing next to each other. <laughs> so Hogan said that he's tired of hearing Kidman run his mouth, and he gives all the young guys a bad name. Hogan says that Kidman isn't in his league, and he's – I'm not cleaning this up, by the way. He says he's pee-whipped by that girl that he's with, referencing Tori Wilson. Uh, and then Kidman attacks Hogan, and they brawl. Hogan eventually gets the upper uh, gets the upper hand and destroys Kidman. Eventually, Eric Bischoff comes out with a steel chair, winds it up for an eternity, and finally blasts Hulk Hogan in the face. Yeah. Uh, also, at the time watches, I remember back I'm like this is the most blatantly obvious quote turn you ever seen. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, you did not see, see Bischoff. <laughs> you not see Bischoff turning on him right then and there. You are blind as a bat. Uh, yeah, if you didn't see this, if you didn't see this whole thing coming, uh, please raise your hand and Tommy will come back there and hit you in the head with a hammer because you are a moron. <laughs> That's two. Yeah, um, got another one. And before I forget, before you go on, uh, there's no shame in being peed with by Tori Wilson, by the way. I, I actually paid for that. But anyways. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, it's like uh, that, that meme where it's like, uh, I'll never simp for anybody. And then you see Tori Wilson. You're like, yes, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kidman ends up pinning Hogan at the direction of Bischoff, who counts to three. Hogan's bleeding between the eyes. Uh, this was not an official match, by the way, if anybody... I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like, whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter and, you know, nothing counts? That doesn't just apply to this show, by the way. It applies to this whole run from here on to uh, about Fall Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We now switch to video of Ric Flair pulling into the arena and telling the camera that he's there to style and profile. And uh, go figure, Flair doesn't know what's happened yet. 
Yeah. But yet, so, Hogan knows when he sees Kidman on TV, they talk about him. I, can't, I know, I keep going back to that. It's just so stupid. But there's some the logic. Script, but okay. The script didn't tell him, Greg. God, wait, what I'm don't you get about that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a dumbass. I like to use logic. I'm sorry. Exactly. You know, if I, you think about this I, for I two seconds, it doesn't right, make sense. Okay. <laughs> What's it again? <laughs> if you think about this for two seconds, it's not going to make sense. So just I let guess, it go. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Again, I reiterate, God gave me a brain, so it's his fault. Okay. Anyways. Wow. Yeah. Well, after the commercial break, Hulk Hogan is backstage, tearing stuff apart, and throwing things around. He's also bleeding all over and swearing like a storm. Thing, by the way. <laughs> I know. He like he just got stabbed. First. <laughs> I, by the way, he's only shouting two things. Uh, he's shouting, uh, he's shouting GD and son of a bitch. GD, son of a bitch. Like over and over. Like, like a broken, well, like he scrambled his brains. Those only a couple of words you can think of. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, good Lord. And that he's just like tearing things apart. Like, man, this made, like, I'm going to say, I think he had like an overreaction to the situation. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, eh, like, bro, chill out, man. Like if that was the reaction, everything Russo was about to do to WCW, I totally buy it, but not Kidman. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, it's like, he acts like he just got screwed out of the world title in the main event of WrestleMania or something, or in this case, Starcade, I guess. But like, really? Like the uh, Bischoff lying to you, like pissed you off so bad. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I dumb. But regardless, we now see Ric Flair standing at the go position, watching a replay of the opening promo from Bischoff and Russo. So at least this makes and sense. We got some logic, folks. Yeah, he's actually getting caught up on things. I know. <laughs> His music then hits, and he comes to the ring. At this point, we're an hour into the show, and we've had a total of less than five minutes of wrestling. <laughs> on a wrestling program, allegedly. So keep that Look, in mind. We, we, we made this quote-unquote joke a million times in this pod in the past. When they, Bruce was like, nobody cares about wrestling, bro. We're not yeah. He's really nope. said this. I there like, were some bites of him saying this. Go look it up. It, if anybody uh, was paying attention to that final story I had where, uh, you know, it was uh, about the Russo interview where he was complaining because Bill Bush said he wanted uh, less, you know, he, he cared less about the entertainment crap and he wanted more wrestling on the show. And Russo's like, no, I disagree. Like, well, nobody that cares was, about wrestling, bro. That was one of the hills he was willing to die on. Like, <laughs> no, no wrestling on this wrestling program, bro. What are you, crazy? <laughs> Nobody wants to see that garbage, bro. <laughs> Tune in to see my script writing. Don't forget yeah, about this... the women, uh, you know, in the bra and panties and stuff. Bro, get them naked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know the old saying goes, sex sells. I get it. It's a marketing thing from back in the day. But, man, he took that uh, to heart, dude. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in his uh, uh, arrested development mind there. <sighs> God. But Flair says that he needs at least 10 minutes to say what he thinks of Eric Bischoff. But at the beginning of his promo, by the way, Ric Flair is one of like the best, like one of the greatest orators in wrestling history. Not here. Not saying this was like his worst, but he starts off, he's like, Bischoff, and he starts like rambling about something. He's like, give me 10 seconds to say, no, I, I need 10 minutes to talk about you. I'm like, what? <laughs> Look, you can have the most amazing bowl of soup in the world if you drop a piece of crap and then the whole thing is ruined. And that's what Russo is. There you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. It's like, 
uh, somebody somebody talked before but made the comparison. They're like, you have a bowl of chili. As soon as you put a jalapeno in the center of it, the whole thing's spicy. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. Uh, but well, anyway, Mexican, I'm never going to complain about spicy chili, though, so I'm going to go with mine. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but he said uh, Russo came from the WWF to, quote, save them, but he sucks. Uh, I'm only slightly paraphrasing here, by the way. Uh, Flair then goes off on the new blood and says that he and the guys that Bischoff and Russo put down uh, all got by on their talent. Whereas uh, he says that he hates Bischoff, but at least he had the guts to walk up to Sid Vicious. Now he wants Russo to come to the ring and face him like a man to, quote, scrape me off the bottom of your shoe. So we're keeping that going. Uh, but we don't get Russo. We get Scott Steiner coming out on the stage now. And he tells Flair or Flair that he's boring him to death. I can hardly understand anything that Steiner's freaking saying here. By the way, so yep. I, I I don't, and it's not because of like the quality of the audio. Some of it is. He just I'm like, dude, can you speak like you don't have your mouth full of chew or something? <laughs> uh, but he does say that uh, that uh, Flair only became a 14 uh, time world champion because he had all of his friends pulling the strings. Uh, he has an infatuation with calling people white trash, by the way. Yeah, and, and uh, I got a comment the other day. Uh, someone messaged me, like, what? It's like, whenever you guys talk about DDP, why do you call him DDP or Diamond Dallas white trash? Because Scott Steiner literally called him that weekly on Nitro. Yeah. So there I you go. That. I hope people now know. That's, hey, I'm not saying it. I'm just, it's a right, joke. Yeah. But. Hey, <laughs> kudos to that, whoever that person was on not watching this crap back in the day and being subjected to that. But That's true. Yes, I, I think about that. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Right. Of you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when I think of white trash, I frequently think of you know the jet flying limousine riding guy. Yeah, that, right. you know, the guy that wears uh, million dollar suits and and hundred thousand dollar Rolex. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. That, that, that's white trash, right? <laughs> so dumb. But well, you know, the guy from Michigan. Now, he, not to go back on what I said at the top of the show, but you know, the guy from <laughs> Michigan, he's the one. But anyway, uh, uh, Steiner then puts in some messed up fake teeth, like the kind you get at a gas station. Uh, and, he, and he does an impression of Ric Flair as uh, Shane Douglas now gets in the ring. Behind I'm not going to laugh, by the way. I chuckle at that. I can't lie. It's kind of funny. Uh, however, anytime he uh, did anything like that, commenting on Flair's looks, apparently that really pissed Rick off. So, I mean, I get it. I guess that was a big sore spot with him. Like, eh, everybody has their thing, so whatever. But uh, anyway, Shane Douglas gets in the ring behind Flair while this is going on. He knocks him the hell out. Uh, security escorts Douglas out of the ring as Steiner comes down, telling Flair that being a 14-time world champion doesn't mean sh**. So, you know, that's something. That's before you can say that on TV, by the way. Yeah, and he's, he said that a lot during this promo. There were a couple guys that dropped that. We now go backstage to see Kevin Nash coming into the building on crutches. We randomly switch to a dark shot of Bret Hart in the crowd and the commentary drops. Did you notice this? I did. Yes. I thought they maybe I was like, they did a commercial and they didn't realize it or what? What's going on? Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not just like the lighting is dark. I mean, it is, but it's like a gray screen or whatever you get. Cause I had to like squint. I'm like, Oh, it's Bret Hart. Okay. And like commentary is dropping and I'm like, so I can't hear anything they're saying. I, like I said, I thought maybe they edited it, but no, it was just a production fail because we come back from commercial and they show him in the crowd clear as day and they're talking about him now. So, yeah, I I don't freaking know, man, this company. 
And this wasn't the worst of their production fails at this time. We now go backstage with Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Shane Douglas. Okerlund interview, or says that Douglas asked for his release, so he doesn't work here anymore. Douglas says that Flair made a joke out of professional wrestling, and Shane hates him for it. Yeah, um, out of these two men, Flair <laughs> is the one who made a joke out of professional wrestling. <laughs> Not the one who did barbed wire matches in ECW. Okay. Blue shot in WWE twice, mind you. Yeah, he was Dean Douglas. <laughs> oh, granted, that's not his fault. I'll give him that, but... Yeah, no. uh, and I know he hated it and all that stuff, but, like, seriously, like, come the hell on, man. But anyway, uh, Okerlund says that he's not going to dignify that with a response as Douglas walks off. We now get our second, quote-unquote, match of the night. It's Sting! Sorry, you just call this the match of the night? I said our second quote-unquote match of the <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. But it's Sting it versus... I'd say much, Sid, but it is. Um. It's, it's Sting versus Sid Vicious in the first round of the world title tournament. It goes uh, six minutes, 17 seconds. Yeah. Uh, it might be the longest match of the night, actually. I'm not Think sure about if... Think about that. Yeah. Uh, here's where I put in my notes. I'm not sure if Sid is a babyface or a heel. Uh, he seemed like a babyface earlier, and he's clearly playing a heel in this match, mocking the fans. So, uh, what what am I missing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I should, whatever. But either way, uh, uh, because we can't get through one single effing match without a bunch of BS, the wall carries a table to the ring, and the ref gets bumped. The wall waits for Sid to hit the powerbomb on Sting before hitting him in the back of the chair, taking him outside, and then hitting the shortest chokeslam ever through that table. I think Sid just got up on his tippy toes and then laid back on it. Uh, the I referee wait. Yeah, I was like, really? Like, you couldn't get up a little bit? But the referee wakes up just in... Get this. The referee wakes up. He sees that Sid has been put through an effing table. But he lets it go. He counts Sid out. End of the match. Sting wins. Like, what? Logic, like, bro. Is, is that the rule? Bro, I didn't see it happen, so I can't call it, bro. Like, he's clearly been put through a damn table. <laughs> Beyond all reasonable doubt. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, I, I, what, what the F ever. Either way, uh... I'm not going to rate this day. I'm not rating any of these matches because they su- They all suck. So you can kind of go from there. There were short segments that had a bell, like we said. <laughs> yeah, had a bell to break up the monotony. But Tony Giovanni openly admits that he has no idea what the hell is coming up before Ric Flair gets in the ring. Flair says that Shane Douglas made a career out of wanting to be Ric Flair, so he'll be glad to take him on. He then reminds Vince Russo that diamonds are forever, and so are the four horsemen. Backstage, we see a bloody, cussing Hulk Hogan, again, still flipping couches and throwing things. Uh, coming back... You know, you think he did, I found him or something by now. It's been over a half an hour real time. Or somebody <sighs> would have calmed him the F down. Like, again, this is an overblown response. You're <laughs> destroying an arena backstage. <laughs> like, sc- scaring the women and children. <sighs> Whatever. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but he's just, he's having a, we come back from commercial, by the way, and he's still screaming and throwing things. 
this is one long temper tantrum, I will say. Like, hot damn. You thought Christian 2000, uh, 2002 was bad. Just temper yeah, tantrums. Right. Yeah. Uh, but just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, we get a recap of Never the world premiere. Think that in Vince Russo's WCW. <laughs> Uh, I know, I, I know. How stupid of me! How how dare I? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to be a little positive here. But you know, I, every time I try, I, I just get kicked in the ass for it. I always forget. Either way, uh, we get a premiere or a recap of the premiere of Ready to Rumble. So yeah, that um, that you know who's you know who started that movie? Oh, well, the uh, the the future WCW World Heavyweight yes, Champion, uh, David Arquetti. We're okay, a few what, months away from that happening. What was his name? Dewey in uh, the Scream franchise? Yes. Yeah. Dewey Ward. Dewey. Just came out. He still is Dewey. Yeah. Uh, but up next, we get Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Hennig in the WCW World Heavyweight Title Tournament semifinals, I guess. This went out four and a half minutes. We get a jump <laughs> <Yes>. start. In- <laughs> uh, we get a jump start in the aisle way. Yet a freaking again. We get more BS. Even Tony Giovanni points this out. A version of Mr. Perfect's theme hits, and Sean Stasiak comes out. Uh, much much to your, you know, uh, pleasant surprise, I guess, um, or I'm sure, they po- commentary points out that he was meat in the WWF. <laughs> so first, my only note on here is meat, and they said it. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, man, if you want to get a guy over coming back, it, hey, he that was meat. <laughs> you remember him? No, I don't, uh, and you shouldn't either. All right, I have to. I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure that was a Russo thing, though, and meets, right? So, yes, it was. There you go. Well. <sighs> God, uh, yeah, he must have been super proud of it. Well, the ref gets bumped, of course, and Stasiak attacks Hennig. He proves how much he absolutely sucked because he botches some move on Kurt Hennig and leaves. I still don't know what the f he was trying to do. I Are don't you? either. I do not. Yeah. It looked almost like, um, if anybody remembers the eight-second ride, uh, James Storm's move, kind of like that, but dumber. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, he just leaves all proud of himself. I'm sure uh, his, his dad, Stan the Man, was just, you know, ecstatic that this was his offspring. But Jared... Wouldn't you? Song, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hey, my son is meat. <laughs> But Jarrett beats on Kurt for a bit before hitting the stroke and pinning him to win. Oh, God. It sucked. I, I think we've said that about every segment on the show so far, though. So, yeah. No, that's that same game Mark Madden one. I didn't say that about that. <laughs> I did, but yeah. Uh, it, I know you, you loved it because uh, Mark Madden's a piece of crap, but yeah. But now we go to the back, and Hulk Hogan is still hunting for Eric Bischoff in a skybox this time in the arena, shouting, God dang it over and over and over. <laughs> he just keeps saying it. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, to your point, he might have brain damage at this point. He's just repeating the same thing on a loop. Oh, man. Uh, maybe he's concussed. Uh, spoiler, Bischoff isn't there. Ric Flair is also walking down the hallway, ready to have an impromptu match with Shane Douglas. You know, because you gotta go through like five weeks of material in one night, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We now come back from commercial break. (laughs) We come back from commercial break to see Kevin Nash on a cell phone. He says, you're going to be here tonight. And that's the end of it. Uh, Spoiler, 
nobody's there tonight. So they speculate on who it is. You can kind of guess, you know, you're thinking Scott Hall. Uh, it's nobody. Nobody's there. But we then go to Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Sting. Uh, Sting says that he's been loyal to WCW and busted his butt since 1988. So apparently that means that he owns Eric Bischoff. You know, because if an employee has been there longer than the boss, that, you know, makes him the boss's boss, right? Really? It doesn't give you more knowledge of the boss. I can say that from experience, but that's a different story. Oh, well, ah, I was going to say that that's a different point entirely. But yeah, yeah. But God, this uh, this was weird. I'll just I'll say that. But he then says that next week he's going to take out his and Russo's golden boy, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. But now we go to Ric Flair versus Shane Douglas in about three minutes. Yes, this one has been played up on TV and, uh, you know, in ECW and the dirt sheets and everything for years. And I get that it hasn't been a thing on WCW TV for years. But still, they blow it off in three minutes. Do they ever follow up on this, by the way? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think they did. No, they move right into him and Kidman, I think. Right? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're right. So the fact that they did this didn't lead into any major pay-per-view match, and this just makes this a complete waste of everybody's time. I know WCW at this time was a waste of everybody's time, but, you know, still, I stand by what I said. They're both in street clothes, by the way, so that, you know, that means it's super important. <laughs> God. Uh, interference percentage is going on 100% now as Vince Russo comes out with a black baseball bat and takes out Ric Flair with it, drawing the disqualification. So, you know, it's not bad enough that Russo has to pour himself out on TV and all that, but now he's stealing Sting's gimmick. Yeah, but, you know, he's going to do it better, bro. Bro, I like baseball, therefore I carry a baseball bat, bro. What does a scorpion have to do with a baseball bat, bro? I don't get it. He wears face paint. How can I relate to that, bro? <laughs> oh, Lord. But Shane Douglas beats down Flair with the bat after the match, quote-unquote match, and Russo crotch chops over Flair's body before stealing his Rolex. Not just crotch chops. He does it, like, in a really aggressive way. You remember, yeah. uh, you ever see basketball? Yeah, a million times. Okay. You remember that when when uh, Squeak was standing over the dude, Squeak. just like, yeah, yep. just like freaking a hump in the air over the guy, like, uh, uh, yep. uh. that's what it reminds me of. It's like uh, this that that's it. <laughs> he's he's freaking Squeak. But we now cut to uh, Kevin was, Nash. Was it was Mister was Mister was the piece of crap or the little bitch? Which one was he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we now. Cut to Kevin Nash walking on crutches backstage, showing that we're getting another talking segment in the ring, bro. Oh, baby. Yep. Yeah. This is now, let me just tap. Let me just say this right now. What's coming up? Any mm-hmm. other night, this would have been a great segment. Okay. Any other night. Yeah. Coming back from commercial break, Kevin Nash hobbles his ass to the ring. He says that. They've got a couple of jagoffs in the back who are deciding who whose uh, careers they're going to make and break. He then says that they're playing wrestler by attacking the boys, not to be confused with Dalton Castle's boys. Uh, the boys. <laughs> uh, Nash says that Scott Hall is training sober. I, I 
I'm not even going to comment on that one. Uh, and in a real bad mood before saying that neither Russo nor Bischoff would be there if not for them, he says that he and Scott saved Russo from being from being decapitated multiple times by Shawn Michaels. And if not for Scott, Bischoff would still be getting Vern Gagne's coffee. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Nash finally calls them both out. Uh, but Mike Awesome slides in the ring uh, from behind and attacks, beating Nash down with his crutches. Gotta love that fanny pack, though, dude. Like, so, so I wrote my notes. Fanny pack and mullet, my new favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Uh, right here, he's that 80s guy. Mike Awesome. But commentary puts over that Awesome is the ECW champion before he grabs a mic and says that this was just too sweet of an opportunity to pass up. Okay, then. So well, he's not lying, apparently. Yeah. So this was when when was it that we would see him versus Taz when neither one of them were a couple of weeks? Really? Well, I I was actually surprised that they said ECW because they never. I wasn't only because that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. But they like never recognize ECW is even a company. (laughs) Now they're like, ah, it's ECW champion. Like, uh, cool. We now go back to Hulk Hogan in his limousine on a cell phone, saying that he doesn't care how much money it costs. He's going to end Kidman and eat Bischoff's ass alive. Well, he just threatened <laughs> to eat Bischoff's ass, so you know, there you go. Uh, then he closes the limo door just before the infamous White Hummer T-bones the limo. Uh, it backs up and rams the limo twice more. The doors open and Eric Bischoff is driving while Billy Kidman is riding shotgun. Bischoff yells at Hogan to get out of that before they drive off. Apparently, this was the wrap up to the White Hummer situation from before. And we still but, never know who the hell it was. Yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, but didn't like this was allegedly because like um, my Uncle Dave was writing about it. He's like, so are we to believe that it was previously also Eric Bischoff driving the Hummer? Or are multiple people switching that vehicle around? I don't know. I'm just going to say the, the second part. Because didn't, didn't we see the White Hummer twice before? Or was it just once? <sighs> just once, to my knowledge. If we saw it more than that, I, I forget. What was the first time? Because I honestly forget the situation. Trying to hit Goldberg, I believe. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was Bischoff in, the, in it that time. I, I don't know. But after the commercial break, Hulk Hogan is being strapped onto a stretcher with a neck brace on. Bischoff walks up and trash talks him as Kidman spray paints NB in red on Hogan's chest. You know, for the new blood. For anybody out there that's a little slow on the uptake. Yeah, because I'm sure the EMTs would just be like, yeah, sure, we're, we're trying to save this man's life, but come up and talk trash and spray paint him. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you do that. <laughs> but we're going to take our second to last break here. When we come back, it is the main event time. All right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District. 
also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. After Diamond Dallas Page and Sting make their entrances for the next match, uh, Jeff Jarrett comes out to the ring to get on commentary. So before the match even starts, they're already setting it up for shenanigans. Hell yeah. <sighs> But it's DDP with Kimberly Page versus Sting in the World Title Tournament semifinals. It went three minutes, 42 seconds. Yeah, Sting and DDP, less than four minutes. Here we go. This is the main event, by the way, in the World Title Tournament. I, I'm, you know, sure, we'll, just, we'll call it a main event. Yeah, we're, I'm, I got to point all this out. All right. What a freaking show, man. <laughs> in the end, Jarrett starts talking trash to Kimberly outside, and DDP slides out and knocks him out. This distracts a referee, so Vampiro slides in and hits the nail in the coffin on Sting. This ends their brothers-in-paint friendship, I guess. Which they make on. sure to put over heavily. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, because we all cared about that. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't watching this time. Uh, but DDP slides in again, hits the diamond cutter on a basically dead Sting, and wins. So, yay. Uh, after the match, Jeff Jarrett gets in the ring with his guitar while DDP is celebrating with Kimberly. DDP ducks and Jarrett blasts Kimberly with the guitar before running away. DDP then carries Kimberly to the back. Back! <laughs> back in the parking lot, Jeff Jarrett standing by with Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. They claim that the crowd is calling for him. So he comes back out, does his full entrance, pyro and all. Because, you know, wait... You know, we're, we're hemorrhaging money, so let's just do a crap ton of pyro, absolutely destroy a limousine. Why not? Whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's just why not? I'm sorry, I'm lost. I, I'm I'm sensing some sarcasm there. Yeah. But uh, Jarrett grabs a mic and he says, it's only six days until Spring Stampede when he becomes the world champion. He tells DDP that if he brings his wife out to at Spring Stampede again, there will be a, uh, a real man there that can show her some more wood. Silas Young. <laughs> what the hell? I forgot about him. The last real man. You're damn right. But Paige runs out and attacks Jarrett. And then Scott Steiner jumps DDP from behind. Lex Luger then comes out to even things up. Buff Bagwell, The Wall, and Vampiro rush in the ring now to beat up Luger and Paige. So, you know, you got to get 20 guys on two. Uh, <laughs> Sting then comes out to clear house, uh, clean house now like he always does. But then Booker T and the cat come out to jump them. Uh, Booker T, by the way, looks like he's like gonna uh, he's part of secret security or secret service i mean <laughs> like he's in like a nice black suit black tie white shirt like he stole the so what the brother can't wear a suit or what yeah and uh and cat is wearing his red shoes you know because he's gonna click them together and say there's no place like home because he's the greatest damn straight uh jared hits the stroke on ddp and then the new blood start, uh, stands tall Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff come out onto the stage and shake hands, but then they turn around and Bret Hart comes out with his arms folded, staring him down. Bischoff and Russo look uneasy as we close the show. And that Bret so, Hart thing goes nowhere, by the way. You take that back. <laughs> we see follow-up on everything from this show. Uh, I'm pretty sure we don't ever see him again. We see that little glimpse of him. At, I think it was... Uh, uh, New Blood Rising with Lance Storm switching the rules, the match, like every five seconds. That's about oh, it, though. yeah. Yep. That, uh, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, Brett is fully retired by this point. He can't wrestle ever again. So, <sighs> but this, just, wow. Like, they set up a ton of stuff, blew through a month of, like, like five months of material in one show, and then they don't follow up on anything except for some reason the the worst stuff on the damn show like what the hell man by the way i gotta point out the final count here uh for these matches one distraction three outright interferences and a grand total of 15 minutes and 36 seconds of actual wrestling on a two-hour wrestling program (laughs) this cannot be stressed enough why well i wonder why they went out of business greg i just i'm blown away well, not because nobody wanted to see wrestling that's all they wanted to do was wrestle yeah uh, bro nobody cares about <laughs> wrestling bro you gotta have storylines about miscarriages and fighting naked in the mud bro and all the mexicans fight over tequila oh man don't forget we got a great uh wire on a pole match coming oh god yeah uh, Buff Bagwell's mama is about to be one half of the tag team champions. <laughs> like some good effing stuff. That actually already happened. I don't think that was oh. Russo, to be fair. But she's about to put on a forklift, though, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, my head hurts. This this absolutely sucked ass. We're going to take our. Suck- we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's final ratings time, and then we'll tell you what's coming up on the podcast right after this.
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings here. Internet movie hey, database. Can you fuck through this long? Thank you. Yeah. This is a long one. I didn't uh, say anything at the top of the show, but uh, yeah, we, we knew this was going to go long. There's a lot to cover. There's not much we can cut unless we just completely uh, disregarded the news, which I didn't want to do. I feel like that's one of the most fun parts of the whole show. So, yeah. Especially this show, since there's nothing really watched on this show. Yeah. I felt like things needed. we need to let things breathe on this show and really take a deep dive. So, <laughs> breathe. But uh, Internet Movie Database gave this thing 6.2 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10 for an F. What say you? Solid F minus. Look, I'll say this. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but that's only because I've seen some really, really bad things in wrestling. Oh, because our cat in the cage is about to come up and the triple cage. So that's that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, everybody. Russo is not gone. He's not gone forever, bro. Until like what? August. I feel like it's right before fall, bro. Okay. So, yeah, September. Uh, yeah, 
he's uh he's gonna hang in there for a while. So we got a lot more terrible things. Uh, if you want more WCW from around this era, like not why? Uh, if you don't want to watch it, but you want to hear me and Greg crap on it and have some fun, uh, we have New Blood Rising, as we said, in the archives now. And we've got, uh, as I mentioned before as well, um, our Vince Russo runs WCW dot, 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 into the ground bonus show. Those are uh, something. But yeah, overall, this uh, the show sucked. I wanted to cover it because it, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. It was a uh, an historic show. Look, and and I think you said this before. Not everything historic is good. Okay, it just historic doesn't mean well that was worth it. It just means that you know it it, it was uh, noteworthy. But that does it uh, for that. April twenty seventh. We're closing out the month, Greg. We got one more lockdown to go. For its 10-year anniversary, we're going to cover TNA Lockdown 2012. We have not covered a TNA show from this uh, close in back in history yet. So I'm looking forward to watching this. Uh, I actually have it pulled up. I'm going to watch as soon as we're done recording here. So looking forward to watching that. But Yeah, I, mean, I like to watch them. Of course. Uh, a shirt now on our uh, Redbubble store. I think it's on our bonfire as well. Go check out the I Like to Watch shirt. We got our design. It's a real shirt. It's a real shirt. <laughs> yep. It says, I like to watch. And then it's got a VHS tape with uh, with our logo on it. If you don't know what VHS is, uh, well, she's too young for you, bro. Holy crap. <laughs> but we're getting into uh, the month of May here. Uh, it's going to be May. Oh, mother may I. <laughs> this is actually mostly, not entirely, but mostly a good month that we have for our schedule here. Oh, spoiler, there is Russell Palouse on here, so... Yeah. Oh, good. That's what I was referring to. This is the, uh... This is gonna be the good part. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh... I don't want to slap you in the face for that. On Star Wars Day, May the 4th, it is our 100th episode. We have not revealed yet what it is going to be, but officially, right now, we'll let you know. We're gonna cover WWF Judgment Day from 2000. Uh, this one, I have not watched it back yet. I don't think I've ever seen the show, so I'm excited to watch it. It looks good. Other podcasts have talked about it. So looking forward to actually seeing it. And I, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I really liked the biker taker gimmick. So should have changed the name though. Oh, well, yeah, he should have just went with Mark Calloway. He's not the undertaker, but anyway, yeah, May 11th, we're following judgment day up. With this, uh, for all of our ECW fans out there, I can't believe you were sticking around after everything we've said about it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> On May 11th, we are covering ECW's Wrestlepalooza 1998. What an effing name for a show, man. Wrestlepalooza. You yeah, know, I'm getting when sick of you in the sarcasm, dude. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> when I see Palooza in a title, I, it's got my money. <laughs> I wanted to cover this show, honestly, for literally two reasons. The first one is RVD takes on Sabu on this card, and that's always pretty good. Uh, it's it's either pretty good to great. So, uh, And the other reason is because Al Snow gets a shot at the ECW world title in the main event against Shane Douglas. Looking forward to seeing that. 
my only the only thing I'm not gonna like is obviously they edit out all the licensed music, whatever on Peacock. And Al Snow used to come out to Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails, and I love that song. But and I'm now okay with them editing out music. Cool. Wow. Uh, but then coming up on May 18th is our next walk through the year 2007 in TNA as we cover Sacrifice. It's 15 year anniversary. Uh, the main event of this one is a triple threat. It's Christian Cage defending the NWA title against Kurt Angle and Sting. Uh, Samoa Joe takes on AJ Styles on the show. It looks pretty, 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 pretty good. So it's a good follow-up to uh, Lockdown, which all in all was a pretty good show. Everybody should go back and listen to uh, In the Archives, Lockdown 2007. Those shows were always fun. And then for the bonus that week, we're also covering the very first ever Saturday night's main event. Funny thing about those is like the the main event like started the show. Basically, like I didn't uh, didn't Pritchard say that was because like they they front loaded it because they figured everybody would fall asleep before the end of the show or something. Yep. And go figure. I was one of those. Got my Hogan fix and went to bed. Yeah. Well, this one uh, took place on May 10th, 1985. The opening match was actually a six-man tag. It was the U.S. Express, which was Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham, teaming with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with Lou Albano in their corner. They take on Nikolai Volkov, Iron Cheek, and George Steele with Freddie Blassie in their corner. Sign my ass up. (laughs) Damn straight, man. And that's the lead-in because guess what, man? Hulk Hulk Hogan with Mr. T in his corner, by the way. Defends the WWF World Heavyweight title against Cowboy Bob Orton. Hell yeah. Man, I want to watch it right now. Damn straight. Obviously, Orton's got Piper in his corner. Uh, We could see Wendy Richter defend the women's championship against Fabulous Moolah. And the show closes with Junkyard Dog uh, against somebody named Pete Doherty. K. Yeah, I, I don't know who the hell that is, but... Like I said, the main event, the actual like main event on the card is not the last match. So there you go. But that is the bonus show for May. Finally, closing out the month, we'll let you know. May 25th, it's WCW Slamboree 1997. You and I like the year 1997 in wrestling, so I figured I'd jam as much in to our schedule as possible. Quite funny that 97 and 07 are a couple of great years. Yeah, right. Uh, well, uh, was 87 good? Was 2017 good? I've got to go back and look now. Uh, 87 in NWA. 87 is, think uh, it was WrestleMania three seasons or year, so. Uh, oh, so. Well, it was historic, so yeah. Uh, 17, I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was like jumps out at me like, oh man. Um, but yeah, so uh, Slamboree, though. I mean, this got an interesting main event. We actually talked about it on the uh, our last 97 uh, podcast, actually. It's uh, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green versus Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six in the main event. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not as bad as you think it might be. Yeah, so. I mean, there's uh, there's guys in that match that can definitely work. I, I like every guy in this match. So, and Kevin Green didn't suck in the ring either. Kevin so Green's was, one of the celebrities that was actually good in the ring. Yeah, right. Well, and he actually enjoyed it. Yeah. So oddly uh, enough, I feel like just like uh, Logan Paul, who I thought was going to be a catastrophe, ended up being I, damn good. So you just never I know. Figured, 
I figured he would take it seriously because he didn't want to look like a complete idiot, uh, but he was going to troll the entire time, which he freaking did. And, you know, whatever. He, he's very hateable. Uh, we get Steiner Brothers. It, exactly. Uh, Steiner Brothers take on Conan and Hugh Morris on this card. I, the one I'm looking forward to seeing, though. Man, I am I of doom. Sorry. <laughs> the one I'm looking forward to seeing the most on this card, man. Steve Mongo McMichael versus Reggie White with Kent Johnson in his corner. Or Johnston, excuse me. Yeah, man, that one. Uh, even if the match is presentable. 15 minutes? Yeah. you got to give a quarter of an hour to this? No disrespect to Reggie White, though. I know he's since passed away. but And how dare you give them 15 minutes and you only give Glacier and Mortis uh, less than two minutes? Come on now. Something ain't right. And and no date with Glacier. I I know it's it's just all kind of effed up, man. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, we do have some good some good looking matches on this on this show though. I I am looking forward to watching it uh, as much as we just mocked it. Whatever. There's some good stuff on here. Slambury was always well, good stuff. Slambury was usually fun. I'll say that. That closes out our May. Thanks to everyone who stuck around with us and listened and uh, hung in there on this one, dude. <laughs> but, you were tough. Yes, you're a true fan. I appreciate your uh, your uh, listening in. Tell your friends and family and all that stuff. And uh, we will see you all on Wednesday when we cover Lockdown 2012. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 